We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders, Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets, and Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. You can also use MyBookie to bet on this week's Overwatch League matchups. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Overwatch On Point, Episode 2, hosted by Lemon Kiwi and myself. How you doing today? Good. Super pumped. I know there's a ton going on today and yesterday and every day, including next week. So we got a lot to cover. Yeah, last week's games were pretty exciting, uh, but actually just a ton of stuff happening behind the scenes. We're going to start today's show talking about roster changes and role changes throughout the league, not just players, but management and staff as well. Uh, first yeah, up, it's oh, go ahead. Crazy to see. It's just crazy to see kind of this stuff happening at the end of the uh, stage. Like you thought maybe during the off season was where you're going to see kind of roster mania, but. And when we say role change, we also mean maybe players that are on a certain role like DPS or like maybe like Tank or even any other role kind of switching things up during this 2-2 two two uh, season. Yeah, so first up, uh, Blase on Uprising. Is it Blase or Blaze? I really, 
Really, I'm not 100% like blase. sure. Blase. Yeah. He had the little, like, accent on the okay, end there. Okay, that's yeah. good. Blase uh, was apparently <laughs> unhappy on off-tank. He's normally a DPS player, and uh, apparently other players have also been complaining about just the, the effects of the 2-2-2 role change in Overwatch League is going to shuffle some players around. Uh, what are your thoughts on should they complain at all? They still get to play. I mean, that's where <laughs> where I would be sitting. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, like Blase had that deleted tweet. I think everyone, maybe you guys saw it. And also, how's it going, Logan? See you guys in chat. Um, he said, like, get me off this hero, Lamau, kind of thing. And maybe I, I kind of feel for it, right? Like you sign up for a sport, you know, you're, let's say you're center field in whatever sport you're expected to play center field the whole time. But now let's say they move you as goalie and that's maybe a whole different other ball game um, to kind of learn something completely different. But esports is not sports. And I guess in the player way that you should be able to adapt to whatever you're asked to do. And Blase, it's kind of different when maybe some DPS will forced to play brig all season like that was horrible because <laughs> it wasn't testing their mechanics it wasn't testing their brain power but blase you know dps player he's amazing now going to something like a diva i think he's mostly been playing diva it's still mechanically demanding he still has an impact on the game uh maybe he's unhappy just because playing against a may on off tank is super horrible sure. <laughs> but it's maybe it's not as bad as brig jail right I, I agree. I think um, just having a DPS on a character that just swings, you know, a mace instead of at least aiming at things uh, is completely different. <laughs> like D.Va, I, I love playing DPS, but when I would play tanks, D.Va still felt like I was getting a lot done and I was doing things that, you know, some dummy wouldn't be able to do. Mobility is still extremely important on a character like D.Va, for example. Unlike, you know, Brigitte, who's basically just running in straight lines straight at people or yeah. just hanging back, which whichever of the two. Um, so, yeah, I think if I'm in that player's position and, you know, maybe I don't get to play Genji or McCree every game, but at least I'm still I'm still in there fragging. Like, that's that's what's important. <laughs> I'm still doing something. Yeah. And, uh, and it's. Oh, sorry. I just talked to another DPS player, Water. He's from Contenders, but I think that this same situation is following a lot of DPS players of people who are maybe trained to play Widow and Far, you know, these really explosive rules. Now they're stuck in May Jail. So instead of, you know, Brig Jail, which we already talked about how maybe monotonous that was, they're now stuck in May Jail, where at least, again, it's more mechanically demanding. You still have a right click that's fairly uh, tricky, True. and you have an impact as setting a winning condition with the Blizzards and stuff, but there's a lot of dps players that are now stuck on permanent on may because that's now meta mm -hmm. and they're not happy with that so it, it's tough to be like are they just whining or is this genuinely like you need to have variety in this game for these players not to get burnt out it's it's interesting because again like this change happened in the last stage of the season a lot of teams were not you know they had no way to prepare for this when they were building their rosters at the beginning of the season so i really do expect a lot more players to be shuffled around as a result of the 222 more than we've seen already um so if i were in that player's shoes i would just again keep your options open because there's only going to be two <laughs> dps players for every team and if they want you to still play uh, any character, May, Diva, whoever it is, uh, you know, count your blessings, I think, is, is where I sit. But that's uh, Blase not being the only person to switch around roles this week. Actually, Rascal subbed in for Moth to play support. And Rascal is a person I immediately think of as a top DPS player. And Moth, again, is like a support player I've always had respect for. So that was kind of a surprising one. 
That was weird. Yeah, we had to go dig on what map that was. It was, uh, if you guys saw the last Shock match, it was in, they were already up 3-0. They brought in Rascal on the fourth map for support. So we've seen already DPS kind of have to play Brig. We've seen DPS have to play off tank. But now we're seeing DPS like actually playing a real support character. And he was playing BAP. They still ended up winning 4-0. But that was a big question mark as to why that happened. But it was maybe, I don't know why that happened. Yeah but it was pretty funny. Either Moth wanted to take a nap or Rascal was just like, yo, let yeah. me try. I really just, just let me in. I want a bat. Yeah, we're, we're already ahead. Let's let's see how I do on this. Um, but I would not expect to see that in playoff, uh, you know, contention matches. They've already locked True. top six. They know they can't pass the Titans for that top seed. So this is time for them to, to try an experiment or maybe just let Moth have a nap. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> either way, uh, Mickey also um, came in for the first time in, as you say, over a year year i had not realized uh that they had not used him all season long that's i i can't believe it was that long either because i'm a huge mickey fan and everyone's been noticing you know there's some people on the field that have been on the bench for the long time but it was actually said that it was a whole year that mickey hasn't played like some title stage like ages ago Jeez. and so this is first map playing. It was like a map four. Fuel were already losing 3-0 to the charge. So I guess, yay, the, the, as the Vaz likes to say, the pity map. Sure. Uh, unfortunately, Mickey came in and, you know, doing his thing. They still lost. But then that pause that happened was uh, was interesting. Yeah, unfortunate <laughs> for Mickey, basically. It's like, finally, I get to, you know, sit in this chair on stage again. And now I get to sit here for a long time because the server was hanging nobody was able to even move around or switch characters things like that so that was a bit of a rough spot for mickey hopefully maybe they'll use him again this week we know that the fuel are already eliminated from playoff contention so perhaps he'll he'll get some more time on stage uh we do have one player um i guess you could call it a trade or being called up that's a tz going to the vancouver titans and i think you've got some experience uh you know casting and watching him a bit yeah, that's really cool to see Tizzy go up to the Titans. Um, he had a weird season on GZA. This was a Contenders China team. They kind of flopped. This is where Tizzy and Nero or Nero uh, played together. Again, they looked good on paper, but just kind of, I think they got relegated. And this was an academy team in Contenders China, so they were supposed to be amazing and then weren't. But Tizzy was also on XL2 when they were good, you know, second place in Contenders NA. So uh, main tank rule, super in demand at all times in the overwatch league and for tizzy to kind of join his former teammates of runaway on the titans i think this was kind of meant to be it's it's great for him but i do question just from the titans standpoint it's like okay he's available okay he's you know obviously proven himself he does have some chemistry with the team that we already have but we're in 2-2-2 and we already have three tanks we have bumper <laughs> and janu who play the vast majority of the maps and then they have sumin su who played just last week uh primarily on zarya so now they have a fourth tank and is that too many tanks for for playoffs <laughs> it just seems like weird timing to me to be after the roll lock and now right before playoffs like where is tz gonna fit in um titans do have a match this week against shock we were thinking maybe this is like a tryout period for him against a really strong team what do you think Maybe they're also planning for their off, some off-season trades, like getting some getting the good players early, and maybe they're thinking about getting rid of some tanks. But yeah, like having that many tanks is definitely not necessary, especially when you're not in a three-tank meta. You're only you're forced to only right. play two. But maybe it's a situation where Bumper could go to another role, or Tizzy maybe goes to another role. He's only played like tank roles, so I don't imagine that to be the case. But maybe it's just scooping up the good players and getting ready for the off-season. I, I don't expect him to play anytime soon. I'll 
I'm not sure if he appeared in the last match, but uh, yeah, I don't expect him to appear anytime soon. I suppose increasing your options is is still a safe bet for the Titans. They know they have a lot of good players already, and this gives them even more flexibility. I think uh, it was an old StarCraft II saying that when you're ahead, get more ahead. That's <laughs> that seems to be Titans' strategy <laughs> here. Yeah, so that's that's the best time to capitalize on it is when you're on top. And I think everybody wants to play for the Titans after the monster season that they've had this year. Sure. So now sure. moving on from just players, we actually have uh, some management and coaching moves behind the scene. Ballin, uh, Anna Lynn, who was the Gladiators director of social media. So I really was a big fan of Gladiators social media, including all of the this is Gladiators or this is Sports Center sort of uh, side yeah. parallel. You had we had the big geese uh, last week, and before that, Surefour was like the director of anime or something like that, uh, just <laughs> ranking the top animes for the gladiators, stuff like that. I really enjoyed those series, and Ballin also you may recognize as the uh, GM for the Team USA World Cup team. I think last year and this year, uh, she did get voted in this year, right? I just want to double check that. Yeah, yeah, she's still in this year. And it just speaks to, obviously, I don't know her personally, but just kind of seeing the evidence of even when she was competing for GM for Team USA, which is the most competitive position probably besides the coach, uh, to see her kind of beat everyone out is insane. Like there were all the pros were supporting her and had tons of good things to say about her as a GM role. She's clearly had experience on team USA and got it twice in a row. So obviously she didn't flop the first time mm -hmm. and is going to do a great job this year again. So it's really awesome to see that not only is she good on the management and the creativity side, but she's getting a test to go and to the justice now that they're looking good too she kind of didn't have to start where there were there were mess at the beginning <laughs> she's kind of coming in at their good point so i'm really excited for her that is actually yeah that's a great point to make as well as the justice were one of the first teams actually eliminated from playoff contention just with not the best record we can say and then this uh, stage kind of snapped and we're beating everybody including the titans that was a, another big unexpected match justice did just have their streak snapped for the stage but again th they're looking better than ever and uh anna lynn uh, i actually met her in a quick play match randomly uh oh, cool. before all this <laughs> before she had anything to do with overwatch league and we had a mutual friend she was in beautician like cosmo cosmetology uh school before all the overwatch stuff so i've actually just been watching her grow and do all this awesome stuff that i wish i could be doing and i'm just totally jealous uh annalyn if you see this congratulations again uh justice gm is a huge opportunity for her and i think they will benefit from it and next finally the last uh, roster or role change that we have to talk about today is kai kai who has been around forever, actually. Cloud9 mainstay uh, back in the years when I was casting a bunch and obviously uh, did not really go for the player role in Overwatch League. He started coaching and um, did bounce around a little bit, most recently as the coach of Paris Eternal. Um, he says now that he hasn't actually left the Eternal, but he's already thinking about options for next year. Uh, it's... I feel like a lot of people don't know what he does behind the scenes, including myself, right? Sure. And a lot of people have placed the blame on him. He's been kind of the face of a lot of teams he's been on. And the teams he's been on always haven't always been successful. I'm trying to be polite here. And 
he's been the one on the forefront of that blame and Paris Eternal once again are one of those teams that haven't seen the tremendous success that maybe a lot of people thought they were going to have with this European roster and I think he he and the team had this great idea with this European roster their their social media everything around them seems well constructed but the results just aren't reflecting that and maybe he's thinking he doesn't want to take the flag he wants to kind of go in another direction i don't know if it'll still be coaching or managing what it'll be but um the results haven't always reflected what he's capable of doing yeah and that kind of boils down to how much of it is the coaches how much of it is the players how much of it is the million other factors right his resume is still impressive coaching multiple overwatch league teams even if they weren't top of the league eternal right now are sitting at 14 out of 20 uh over the course of the whole season which isn't that far off top 12 i mean they they are kind of just narrowly missing the mark this season but are already eliminated from playoffs um kai kai again i think blame kai kai was a hashtag for a long time just with the fuel but that's that's pretty unexpected the fuel did not have the first season that many people would have expected regardless of who was coaching them so uh maybe it's a bit of kai kai a bit of the players a bit of everything but uh hopefully he does land somewhere on his feet and that is gonna wrap it up just for the various role changes that all happened this week we could see another slew of you know (laughs) five or six weird player switches or or management's um coaches leaving here and there If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. This week we had Sigma uh, hitting the live servers. And pro players obviously have a lot of thoughts on a new character being added. And the fact that he came at the same time where 222 is starting to become uh, sort of the default, the mainstay, um, is adding another tank to the game going to matter? Is Sigma even going to get played? Is he good enough? Is he better than your current options, which we see a lot of Reinhardt, Diva, Zarya still? What do you think about Mr. Sigma? He is a really impressive kid as you just look at him, kind of having this... He's combining so many powerful abilities into one. You have kind of this Graviton-looking ultimate, Mm -hmm. throws everybody up into the air, slams them down. May not be like an insta-kill type of ultimate, depending on the height that you're pulling them up at, but more it could be setting up for different things. We've seen clips from people using that ultimate to make the team C9 off the cart or off the point. Some people setting up with a self-destruct or a Deadeye. I think it's more of one of those, again, like a Graviton where you combine it with another ultimate. So that's... That in itself can introduce a lot of amazing things for how he can be used with other heroes. And then he's kind of like a matrix that gives him extra health and he's able to eat ultimates. Although Jeff Kaplan said that wasn't really supposed to what? be intended. <laughs> That's or not maybe- good. <laughs> 
uh, or I'm not sure if he was joking or not, but yes, he can eat ultimates and his damage is pretty good. We had some pros um, at high level play him and showing that you can get four or five Ks with this tank hero. So although some people complain that his left clicks a little bit, his the fire rate in itself is a little bit lower, needs to be worked on his kit is really impressive and has a really high skill ceiling where people that are amazing with him will just wreck faces. I agree. He does. The whole kit reads very powerful. I remember when he was first introduced <laughs> and they were going through the abilities video and uh, you have like YouTubers checking him out in the training rooms and stuff like that. They're like, hey, check this out. He can basically fly and ult an entire control point like uh, on Ilios or something like that. He can essentially ult the entire <laughs> range of uh, whoever's standing on the point. And that just seems really powerful, not just for control maps but also assault um similar to a graviton like you say it doesn't bunch them all up but it does hit everything and uh essentially you can have any dps reaper being extremely popular right now follow up with a death blossom while they're unable to move it just seems like it could have the potential if you're going for more of a um offensive approach if he, see, he definitely seems more offensive than decent defensive to me mm -hmm. um just with the ability to fling everyone in the air uh on the way in so Definitely keep your eyes open for Sigma. I'm not sure. Do you know for sure if he's going to be available in the playoffs? Oh, I doubt it. Okay, yeah. That's... <laughs> um, I actually don't know what patch playoffs is going to be, and I assume the same thing. But we'll find out. Yeah. I'm sure they'll announce it. Yeah, and if they have already, that's uh, my bad. Just not 100% sure if Sigma will be available. <laughs> but it does make I sense that it, yeah. they would not use him uh, just because he is a bit untested and all that business. They probably still need mm -hmm. to balance him a bit. Uh, and then the other bit besides Sigma is RollQ uh, actually has hit live servers for testing, at least, the 222 um, roll locks. And, well, the double-edged double sword of being able to play what you want and then waiting forever to do it has reared its ugly head. So what are your thoughts on, you know, these super long queue times <laughs> that DPS, you know, high-level DPS players have been moaning about this week? Yeah, I mean, we were kind of laughing before the podcast started of everyone's been hoping to have better quality games and rank. That's been kind of the biggest hurdle everyone's been hoping would get improved on. And there's people have said, I would wait, want to wait longer for higher quality games. But maybe people didn't expect 60 minute or, you know, very, very long queues like that. So it maybe comes down to maybe there's some more algorithm stuff they need to fix because even that seems kind of crazy maybe players maybe not everyone needs to be a dps player maybe right. this is kind of <laughs> nudging some people to flex to support hint hint um and maybe it just also needs to be overwatch gives people something to do during that wait time maybe like a firing range i know call of sure. duty has some kind of practice range you can do or even just workshop stuff you can do but the whole scrimmage thing isn't very good so, or at least not a lot of players spawn in it for it to be actually practice worthy. So just need something to do while you're waiting. I hear that. I used to load up Tetris and Trackmania and some other like kind of browser size <laughs> games. Do yeah. That. And that's, you don't want to do that. That's a necessity. You'd rather obviously just fire into a game and start fragging as much as you can. Uh, hello to It's Ducky saying he remembers when I casted some of his games. I guess I was referencing the Kai Kai bit back in the old uh, 2016 days. And then Logan saying, I have super quick queue times as a tank. No problems here. Well, we can queue together so yeah. that I can just play Farah. Um, <laughs> also taking applications for any Mercy mains that want to tag along and help me play faster games. Totally fine with that. Um, but I think you're right. <laughs> Absolutely, Jen, that people just learn to play some tanks and some supports. I mean, 
there are some fraggers out there. Zenyatta and Baptiste are are great. But they have to fix the the SR with that because True. there's a kind of a buggish thing right now that if you're a high level tank player and you queue a support, you're going to be put in your high level games when you are probably a bronze support. Mm. Um, like for example, like Hard Blue plays a ton of tank. Like he was waiting like 30 minutes plus to queue his tank uh, at a high level, and then he queued a support. And Harpo is not really a support <laughs> player. No one flamed me, but uh, he's yeah. He has said himself he's like uncomfortable in the role. So then he cues a support in like a GM game, but he like has a hard time. So now you have that player who's maybe more of a diamond masters level playing in your GM game, and that's where flexing on those other roles. Now you need to adjust the SR for those and not just automatically be placed in your GM uh, role. I hear that. Yeah, definitely need to calibrate everything and this is you know to blizzard's credit and overwatch's credit they are calling it like a test season for the roll queue and they actually had some issues with the quick play roll queue as well that they've been working on so hopefully this is just a big bump on the way to you know smoother sailing uh on the way in and uh i think in the end hopefully it will get everyone where they want to be, you know, reasonable times, actually playing characters that you want to play and are skilled at and not, I, I think it's already eliminated the fact where sometimes you have six DPS players in a game and someone has to fill a support or you just lose. I feel like there is still some trade off there and Blizzard has the tools to be able to smooth it out, hopefully. Um, but moving on from these uh, news um, items, we actually have some great matches last week. So uh, I think uh, we can talk a little bit about some of the more surprising results. Last week, we had the Dragons, who I thought were going to actually muster up and actually make the playoffs. They actually ended up losing both of their matches that I predicted them to win last week. Um, Paris Eternal actually being kind of the surprise there by beating the Dragons. Um, any thoughts on Dragons or Eternal in that regard? It's Eternal are looking better and better as the stage kind of ends. Um, it might be too little too late, but yeah, we were kind of expecting Dragons to pull that off. But hey, Eternal are kind of climbing back. Yeah, Eternal, if we look at just the total playoff picture right now, they did just barely get eliminated again. Uh, the only couple of teams that are not locked for playoffs or eliminated for playoffs right now are the Chengdu Hunters and the Valiant, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Also, last week, we had Houston taking the Chengdu Hunters to a Game 5, and that actually kind of hurt the Hunters because Hunters don't play this week, and they're on the cusp. They are right above the fold right now for making the playoffs, but the Valiant have a chance to play upset this week. Uh, Houston, you know, have not looked super great uh, this stage. So the fact that they did push a Korean squad to a game five is is pretty impressive, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's Hunters are in this weird situation where they're good, but they're kind of trying to get away from the meta right now. They're not always playing May Reaper like they're playing, playing a tons of Farah and they're playing tons of Widow and even Doomfist and Sombra and kind of anything but the May Reaper, which has kind of costed them uh some maps against houston and houston i mean getting away from their internal problems that were happening and just trying to finish the season out strong yeah and hunters it could be in a tiebreak situation where map differential comes into play so losing any maps to houston is actually troublesome for them and finally last week spitfire versus rain is kind of a twofold story spitfire i would have obviously expected to 
I think beat Rain, uh, but Rain actually had just two fantastic matches last week. They 4-0'd the Spitfire. Remember last year's champions, Spitfire are now basically middle of the road. If I take a look at the rankings again, they're in six, but their their record is 16 and 12. That's not nearly as hot as they were last year. And Rain actually snapped Justice's streak earlier in the week, then 4-0'd Spitfire. So they are looking red hot going into this week's matches. Yeah, I thought that rain match was going to be slightly closer. <laughs> I mean, it's not that Spitfire are just on a hot streak right now. They're definitely more middle of the pack than they were in previous stages, but they usually are able to take a map from good teams like this. So rain just had an amazing last week. Yeah, I think Dogman and uh, I believe it's F, F, it's not FDR. FGR? <laughs> FRD. FRD. Yeah, yes, or... sorry. Yeah. <laughs> FRD and Dogman were getting a lot of props uh, from the Overwatch League talent team this week, uh, just based on the improvements that they've seen recently. Uh, Dogman specifically, a lot of people were not too you know, concerned about him. Uh, they thought that he maybe shouldn't even be in the Overwatch League, but he is just driven and uh, definitely has improved over the course of the season, getting more comfortable with teammates, maybe just getting more comfortable with playing on the big stage, stuff like that. But Rain are just looking super good, and they do play again twice in this upcoming week against Fuel and Uprising. So I have a feeling Rain are going to finish the season strong here with a couple of uh, a couple of kind of easier matches than they just faced this past week. So they're looking pretty good moving into the playoffs. There are two sort of matches, I think, this week that weren't mentioning. Uh, that's the Shock versus the Titans, I think, is kind of an interesting one. Uh, but they'll be playing at a different venue this time, not the Overwatch League studio. Do you want to talk a bit more about where they're going? Yes. Um, I mean, another homestand next weekend, everyone. If you're in the Cali, L.A. area, it's the Kit Kat Rivalry Weekend. Awesome. Where uh, this is kind of for the Valiant, hosting for the Valiant. So they have some, they have like dunk tanks. They are, they're doing charity stuff. And they're sponsored by Kit Kat, which is kind of the best chocolate. So I'm super <laughs> excited for that weekend. I unfortunately won't be able to go, so I'll be watching at home. But the, I mean, like you said, the ultimate match to watch is the Shock and the Titans. And also I'm kind of hyped to see Gladiator and Valiant, you know, L the Battle of L.A. happening in L.A., that's going to be the hypest match. Absolutely. And Valiant are in that very interesting position. If you didn't know already, they are 13th place right now. Only 12 teams get to play in the playoffs, but the Hunters right above them are done for the season. They're sitting at 13 and 15, the Hunters. Valiant are currently at 12 and 14. If they win even one match, their map differential is going to get them through to the playoffs, and the Hunters will have to take a seat and wait till next year. Valiant actually have two opportunities to do that, not only against the Gladiators, which, again, battle for LA. I believe the Gladiators came out on top last time. Are they the reigning battle of LA? Either way, I want to say, I, well, I'd have to double check. That's kind of, it feels long ago. It but was, it was last I'm year, out. you know, the, the, what we're referencing here. So really <laughs> yeah. not too pertinent for, you know, this year's results, but you're right. They're doing the dunk tank and all that we saw on Twitter. If you check out the Valiant Twitter, you can see the dunk tank has like a gladiators logo on the target that you're supposed to hit with the ball oh, uh, to dunk, you know, your favorite players. They're going to be picking super fans from each team at these matches. So that could be you. It could be basically anyone uh, getting a chance to dunk um, or be dunked, actually, as part of this charity event. They said that they'll be donating money to the winners of various fan competitions, things like that. And I believe they said that the winning teams will also be receiving a year of Kit Kat, which uh, you just said was one of the best chocolates. Amazing. I'm I'm inclined to agree. Amazing. Yeah. 
Uh, Snickers would maybe be one of my higher ones. Snickers, if you're out there listening, also maybe check out Overwatch League <laughs> fan competition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so they have the Valiant versus Gladiators and finally Shock versus Valiant. So Shock are in an interesting position. They have to face the Titans earlier in the week and Valiant later in the week. Shock are basically already set. They don't have to do the play in. They're already top six. They can't pass the Titans. So both of these matches, we could see some weird stuff. We could see things like... Um, you know, supports getting subbed around for DPS players or, or what have you. Or they could treat it as super serious playoff practice. We don't really know what to expect. And Valiant, their playoff mm-hmm. hopes rest on Shock in some degree. So that's kind of an interesting situation for these uh, final matches. I also wonder, just for the homestead, kind of the mentality of it, you have this huge crowd cheering for you. All the fans are there for you. I'm wondering if there's kind of like that home field advantage i know sports kind of has that uh that thing that they mm-hmm. like to think about the home that some teams play better at home some teams play better and not as well away so although shock and valiant are facing each other like i wonder if valiant is gonna because f- confidence also translates a lot to how well you can play be feeling confident getting hyped up sometimes that's just kind of like that push that valiant could need to take a map i d- Maybe a lot of people would say Shock 4 Valiant, but I'm kind of giving maybe a map, maybe two, depending on how Valiant feel during that series when all the fans are like screaming. Yeah, we've got Big Man on Campus 88 in the chat reiterating home field advantage. That's what you're looking for. Absolutely. I do yeah. think that it will make a big difference because the vast majority of the people there are going to say, finally, this is my team. This is my opportunity to go to an event. Maybe if they don't live close enough to the Overwatch League studio, this, you know, they have rare opportunities to actually get to see these matches. And they've probably, you know, just, I know if there was a Las Vegas team, I would make an extra effort to go to the Las Vegas team's homestand just because now we have, you know. If only we had a team. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we still don't have a team. Could happen. It could happen. There's, you One know, day. definitely going to be more seasons of Overwatch League. So maybe we'll get some big casino investor uh, involved. That would be pretty dope. But uh, yeah, I think home field advantage, they're going to be screaming louder. There's going to be more of them. There's going to be your team's colors and the audience, uh, you know, just glancing out from the stage i'm sure you're gonna see a lot more support than you would and there's booing too oh absolutely like i went to the dallas <laughs> and there's crazy booing and it's maybe there's people like dogman who are like yeah 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 bring yeah, it you, hate me you. yeah bring it yeah we love the haters but i think maybe there's genuinely some people that get affected by that and i could definitely see like shock getting i guess like shock like san francisco's kind of in that part of the world so maybe there's going to be a lot of shock fans too now that i think about it so i actually don't know that's going to be a fun event though yeah not too big of a stretch to expect shock fans to show up as well just because shock also is just incredibly good and bandwagoners are a thing um sometimes for sure uh but booing that's an interesting thing point that you bring up because i've been to a whole bunch of esports events and in things like individual esports like starcraft or fighting games stuff like that you don't see it you don't really see the booing too much but when you have teams slapped with a city uh across their logo i think you definitely it changes things. get a bit rowdier World Cup too yeah team usa versus team canada to uh, like uh, <laughs> south korea versus the world like for some reason if you slap a country or a city all of a sudden it's my team exactly this is my country this is my zone and no matter if the players are actually from the city or not it's like 
it's like a whole new rivalry has been created. Yeah, and I'm sure Overwatch League loves to hear us say that because that is kind of the premise they're building <laughs> the whole franchising thing. You know, teams owning other teams, but having it's to change working. the name just to have a city and a unique brand to match the city, things like that uh, are all working toward Overwatch League's favor. And Big Man on Campus also saying the Midwest is still looking for a team. So I feel you. St. Louis, Chicago, there are big markets in, in the Midwest that could certainly benefit. You're not wrong there, uh, big man on campus. So uh, other than that, yeah, Shock versus Titans is another weird one where it's like both teams have already gotten through. Uh, neither of them are the homestand team, but they, you know, are they trying to just finish as the number one team of the 2019 season? Or do they try out TZ? <laughs> do they try out uh, just various things that they wouldn't otherwise because they're comfortable already? Seattle left out in the dark, Ophelia Vegas. Yeah, Logan, uh, some 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 cities you would think would expect. I'm glad at least Canada got Vancouver. Oh, yeah. And we technically have Montreal Rebellion kind of waiting for, oh, yeah, Toronto, Toronto Defiant. Yeah, yeah. I'm so stupid. I forgot about it. I was like, wait, <laughs> Toronto? Yeah, 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 Toronto. But, yeah, waiting for a Vegas team. We already got the arena, but oh, I've already argued about which cities should have a team, like, before this expansion happened, which maybe more teams will come at the end. But to address your Shock Titans uh, thing, it that I kind of gave three tiers to Shock just, again, for that home-ish field advantage of having maybe more shock fans there but that'll be kind of the the match to kind of flex the number one maybe not like the number one in standings but just maybe number one in general right just kind of an undisputed going to the playoffs i think it would be good it would be good for either team shock or titans whoever comes out on top to ride that sort of momentum and be like okay guys we're looking as good as we can playoffs are in only a couple of weeks i believe august 30th is the beginning of that stretch but that's not too far away that's actually very very close so these teams need to stay in form and and do their best i think uh this week and there are a lot of of other teams that uh, could still be vying for sort of top six potential, try to skip that play-in. That's Rain, Dynasty, and Fusion are actually the closest to the cusp there. Spark, Gladiators, and Spitfire are right above that line, so they're going to try, you know, try to do their best not to lose any unnecessary maps as well. Um, but that's uh, that's pretty much it for this week's sort of previews. I think the homestand is going to add, you know, some uniqueness to the final, yeah, <laughs> the final games of the regular season. I can't reiterate this enough. We're basically Basically, at the end of the line here for 2019, only have the playoffs left. A bunch of teams will be entering the offseason and trying to figure out what they're going to do for next year. Uh, I also want to give credit to Jen. Mm -hmm. We actually did our predictions for last week's games, and she did get more matches right than me. You went 11 and 3, oh, I and I went 10 and 4. Ooh, uh, the ooh, very last straw, well. yeah, the very last was straw very was good. the Spitfire Rain. You actually called Rain beating Spitfire 3 2. I had uh, Spitfire taking it just because I thought they were just a mismatch, oh. uh, but it came down to that last last match on the last day but uh this week tough one to call. this week we're pretty aligned you've got shock over titans i have titans over shock but every other match i think we've got the same mindset so this felt really much easier yeah. to call yeah it's really only the gladiators valiant match and the shock titans that are kind of a toss-up everything i kind of wrote us four o's and three ones ish <laughs> it kind of with some chance of a map you know control maps anything can happen but um yeah, it's also kind of sad that there's no stage four playoffs that you don't get to see kind of justice, like maybe win a stage yeah. when this is finally the stage that they're doing well on. But it's it's still cool that they had a good stage. I think they're still happy with themselves. And now we can just focus on playoffs and all that effort from all those stages now 
this is where it's going to wind down to. Right. And Justice at least do have the note of being not last anymore because Mayhem, they have now passed the Mayhem in the, the full season rankings. Justice are at 19, Mayhem at 20. Um, and actually Defiant and Uprising both have the same record as Justice. So you could even co consider them 17th place instead of 20th. So progress is okay. good. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mayhem still need to follow Justice's example, it looks like. But otherwise, uh, congrats to Justice for turning things around here at the end of the season. But that is basically going to wrap the show for this week. Jen, were there any other topics or any other predictions or anything like that? You no. Nope. Any, anybody in chat who's going to the Rivalry Weekend, if you're listening on iTunes, on Twitch, on YouTube, wherever you are, hope you have an amazing weekend. And if not, well, you can kind of catch us here and we'll talk about what happened, whether you were at home watching or whether you were there. Yeah, and we appreciate the follows here on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. That's prediction with two E's. You can also search prediction with two E's on iTunes or Overwatch on Point to find us there. Prediction also has Call of Duty, Smash Brothers, and some other shows as well. If you're just a fan of esports in general, definitely check all those out. But that will wrap up Overwatch on Point episode two here. Thanks very much, Lemon Kiwi, again for being an awesome host Bye. talking about all these awesome thank topics you, you. and let's see how this final week of overwatch league 2019 goes see you later folks bye